Welcome back to Homo in Training. I'm Jay Daye. Hi, I'm Leslie. And we're Variety Show. Changes topics every week. And we're here with our thoughtful moment with part duh of our interview with Thanks for Your Concern. It's for your concern. And uh, we decided to separate the two co-hosts. Our A uh, couple weeks ago, we had Ella tell us about her life. And this time, we have Miss Berenice, who is quite literally a Scorpio through and through. She really is. She really is. And other than being a Scorpio through and through, she's very much that girl in New York. For sure. And it's so cool. And she gives us a little glimpse um, into her life, how she does, what she doesn't, her move, and things that we genuinely were curious about because we, way, way, way back, had an episode with them pre her move to New York. And so just seeing her really do the thing is super inspiring. And she gives us like some tips on how to get out there. Oh yeah. I have yet to do. Yeah. But um we love it and we do hope that you enjoy this conversation because we love getting to catch up catch up with her. <laughs> True. And as a person who would love to live in New York, I feel like I'm living vicariously through Baron mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If I were to be trans, it'd be Baron <laughs> Just kidding. If it'd be, I was, it'd be Kali Uchis. Oh yeah, yeah, she's that's the vibe. She's coming out with an album. Oh, love her. A Spanish album. Um, love her. If I was to be a raver through and through, true. Be yeah, we're like we're pre ravers. You like these girls were lucky that they grew up in like a big city ish. That listen in our little podunk town. We thought Tiesto was lit back when <laughs> when I remember some. I think it was like our friend Kyla was just like, dude, that's old EDM like you guys are not listening to the new stuff and we're like yeah we were way behind the behind the times but it's so cool to see her life and we are number one fans of of her in New York and I think we're gonna plan a trip soon are we (laughs) (laughs) I'll get back to you when uh, this check clears (laughs) all right here with a very special guest someone that it's been how many years when was our first it's probably been like two years two years yeah two yeah, years crazy crazy it was pre it was pre her moving to new york oh it was yeah before yeah. she took on the big city as some might say <laughs> and now we have her back on because we're just curious like what is new york should we move to new york yeah. <laughs> like what should we do and how can we keep up with the wonderful Barrett Nise. Betty, yeah. Betty for cute and short. And um, she's one of two from Thanks for Your Concern. And our next thoughtful moment, we'll have her other co-host. Because we want to give you guys your own time to shine. Seriously. Right? You guys are always pairs. And, <laughs> we you know, decided to split the pair up. Yeah, you know? yeah. Whatever you say here won't be confidential because she'll hear it. <laughs> but, hey, listen, yeah. it's a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Hi. Um, thanks so much for having me. Super excited to talk to you all again. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. I definitely, I think it was, it was pre-New York. It was right. It was during COVID, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last time we chatted. Um, New York was, I wanted to move to San Francisco. Oh. And then, um, yeah, New York just started making kind of sense. I went on TikTok, actually. And there was like, 
this girl um, kind of like wrote down some steps on like how to move to New York. She was like, download Gypsy, like uh, it's a Facebook group, Gypsy mm-hmm. Housing. And then you'll find a bunch of subleases. You find one you like, you go look at apartments and you like send it. So that's literally what I did. I found like three apartments. I told my parents like in three four months I'm moving to New York everybody was like yeah right um saved a little bit of money literally not even that much money um don't recommend that and I and I came I visited with some friends I saw three apartments I loved one of them and I was like where do I sign I'm ready I'll be here in a month wow so there was so was that intentional because like when I moved here I like didn't really have a plan but I had like I don't know like maybe six thousand dollars saved up which today's standards is nothing, but um, that's how I moved here. And then I, I had like a job transfer, but like, was yours kind of just more organic or were you like looking, did you go a month before? Cause we were conveniently here for Coachella two months before. So I kind of scoped it out, but like, did you do any of that or was it just like, yeah, I've never lived there, been there. So I'm going to go. I had been to New York one time when I was younger. I liked the idea of living in New York, but I never really honestly like fully thought it out. Um, But like during COVID and post graduating, I have a a design degree. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to work in fashion or something creatively. And in Seattle, there's just not that many opportunities uh, like to do anything fashion related. People there dress Mm -hmm. pretty awful. And Mm -hmm. uh, the arts community is it's just more of a close job environment, at least in my experience, like getting involved takes a lot more work and you really have to be like part part of the community to be like oh yeah they're clicky yeah and i'm not i'm not i'm like i'm a i'm a floater like i really am like a little lone wolf that likes to like hop around things so it was just more difficult to get my feet like in the door there and um new york as a concept is just like there's so many opportunities there's so many creative people and I knew that I didn't want to be in, in, in Washington anymore. So I don't know. I was young. I, I had a boyfriend, but like, I let him know in the beginning of COVID we had split up, we got back together. And I was like, uh, like by the end of COVID, like I'm moving and I don't know what this means for our relationship, but like, I'm, I'm dippity dumping out of here. Um, he was cool with that. So I just felt like this is my moment to do it. Um, it just, I don't know. It just felt right. I also was like super codependent in my relationship. I literally recently, um, came across like a journal entry from when I had COVID and I was like, I feel super codependent. Like I really want to move. I want to be able to like do all these things. And honestly, I'm so scared and reading it back recently. I'm like, whoa, like I didn't even know like what was going to happen like in two years of time different person different mm. world you know what i mean that's so interesting because like okay okay this is kind of like you don't have to answer if you don't want but did moving there kind of like was your way of like silently breaking up without breaking up <laughs> like to be honest um, be honest yeah yeah you know that's a valid question he did at one time is like it's like you're running away and i'm like no i think i'm running to something so mm. uh, i generally like it was easier obviously to leave the to physically leave my hometown for us to like fully break up I think like honestly I did me and him a solid by doing that because it's just more difficult like if you're in the same place we have the same friend group we have the same everything so in a way yes it was a way for me to distance myself from a situation that I knew wasn't serving me like it sucks to say but like I love this person dearly but I was miserable in that relationship I you know like I would just really wasn't happy. Um, and I think that 
yeah, in a way, like I didn't necessarily run away from it, but like it did make it a lot easier to physically leave a place that held so many people and so many things in my life that weren't pushing me in any direction. You know what I mean? Like you have your college friends, you have your childhood home. Like I literally, I was living there with my sister, but everything just felt like, I didn't feel stuck. I just didn't feel like anything was propelling me to move Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I think taking a risk, but also kind of betting on yourself, right? Kind of sounds like you, you knew you could do it, but you knew it would be challenging because of the comfort that a place serves, especially like a place that kind of saw you grow up and you have your friends and all of that. But fast forward out to two years, we've seen kind of your like life <laughs> through social media yeah. and yeah. we've seen kind of what you choose to share with the world about your adventures in New York. And we see like how active you are in like your life it seems like quite literally like raving midweek raving on wednesday brunch brunch on thursday Thursday. pop up on friday morning like and then you're running your like cute little business so you between that you're like making your outfits and then Mm -hmm. making other people's outfits and then during that time you're also still participating and an active host of your podcast yeah and then you're going to people's house randomly for dinner that's, I guess, a concept. In the <laughs> and then there's the Brooklyn Bridge that I yeah. hear a lot about. Yeah. So let's not even get into the whole around. All either. of this happens from Monday <laughs> to Sunday, and then you're a cat mom. Dude, you cat literally mom. decided to get a. That is wild. Like, who has the most active life? And it's like, you know what? I think I need more responsibility at home like Um, that's crazy so we've seen all of this kind of unfold by what you share and then your podcast you also kind of share and like uh like uh your listeners know like hey like i'm doing this and i'm doing great x y and z um so so like in the most respective loving way how do you balance your chaotic life that that is not a bad thing yeah not a bad thing but to, to like an observer that's like a like a true homebody, wink, wink, yeah. um, and like doesn't go out at all, can't even imagine going to like a random pop-up, right? Or can't even imagine like going and making friends like randomly. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Like how do you better balance that? And have you always been like that? Like how yeah. was that like also kind of you at Washington or like New York, we kind of chatted about it off the record a little bit. You know, there's it girls. Like New York yeah. is known for having it girls, for it sure. people. And like, before you know it, you could be on, I don't know, Central Park and 11th Street, Apple, whatever. And there's cameras. So you always got to be on. Yeah. So was that like you always like that in Washington and just Washington was, was it serving you? Or New York kind of really like showed you like, oh, I got to like turn it up a notch and still got to keep up with like my social personal life and my self-care. Yeah. So I think I've always been a very, like a high, I was a hyper child. I obviously liked like clothes. Um, but I also, you know, you grew up with the notion that like, you're not supposed to like attention and you know, like you want to be kind of like this more chill person, like effortless. And I think like, as I've gotten older and specifically now that I consider like probably the best place in my life, it's just like, I realize like, I'm a bitch that loves attention and I'm a try hard. Like Mm. I try hard at everything I do. I'm always doing something and me being comfortable with the idea, like that is who I am. And like, I'm proud of that. Like, I don't think you need to be ashamed of like liking attention. Mostly if it's like 
positive things. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I work, I work hard. I made an outfit. Yeah. I want it to be seen by the world. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in that aspect, I've always been like that, but definitely Seattle was just a lot more mellow and laid back. And a lot of people want you to slow down to fit within the culture. So I think that that's what I did. I also, you know, I had my own trauma or whatever of growing up undocumented. And I feel like that in a way made me feel like I necessarily didn't want to like stand out too much because obviously like when you make attention to yourself, people look into your life and into your background. And I was in a vulnerable position Uh, and so was my family. So throughout time I was able to, and now I have a green card. I'm able to talk about Mm -hmm. it more freely. Uh, My parents aren't, you know, at the end of the day, it's also their story. So it's like when I share that, like I was undocumented, I'm also sharing with the world that they were undocumented. Mm -hmm. And so that's also like kind of touchy, but at the end of the day, like, like your truth will set you free. And I think like part of moving to New York and I, I didn't have like friends or family here. So I think that's when I started sharing more on social media in a way to like connect with other people because I was like pretty lonely. I like didn't have friends here. And I went on TikTok and I was like, hi, like I need friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you and know, that, and worked. You, that worked. Like you, wow. you speak it into the universe and the universe said, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. get ready, set and go. Um, it has been pretty hard. I would say it's been pretty challenging since moving here. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't really have any super set plan. I just, my job went remote because of COVID. So I was like working as a merchandise specialist at Nordstrom. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, this is a perfect opportunity, a remote, let's send it. They raised my pay a little bit to like match with like the New York standard, but it was still like nothing. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to work Seattle hours. So I very kindly told them to go fuck themselves. Mm -hmm. And then I started posting my little outfits on TikTok, um, fully committed to like, let's be creative. And I will get what a lot of people do is like they will work in the service industry Mm -hmm. as like their like day job Mm -hmm. to have money and then you work creatively like you work your ass off creatively until you essentially make it in the industry that you want um yeah so that was the plan but then the plan faltered because in the food service industry there's a lot of uh, like undocumented people that work there there's a lot of people that don't speak english so in the restaurant that i was working um there like that was kind of the case i was like the only person that spoke like both languages they treated everybody pretty poorly Mm -hmm. um so i said fuck this um i helped everybody else find different jobs because they were also like getting super underpaid and i was like i can't be here like if this is gonna be the vibe at any restaurant like I don't think like I'm built for this life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I randomly like applied to some jobs and, and now I'm an assistant buyer for like a retailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do have a nine to five, mm-hmm. which c- keeps the bills running. Um, but news to us. Yeah. News. yeah. Honestly, we <laughs> were kind of, we were kind of like, how is this girl like funding her life? Like, yeah, like, I work. I- a work. A, She's a, work a working lot. girl. Don't mm-hmm. get it twisted guys. Okay. So you have your nine, I have my nine to five. Yeah. Um, it, which is, is teaching me all the business side of fashion that I mm-hmm. never cared about. Cause like mm-hmm. I'm a creative person yeah. and in a way, like everything's piecing together, like so beautifully in my life. Like, I don't know how the fuck I'm so aligned, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, everything that you might not get to like your goal specifically, like super fast, but like everything's a building block. And mm-hmm. that's really what I've been focusing on. Um, I think that everything works together, right? Like the social media stuff and making things. That's just like me 
putting out into the universe, I'm this creative person. And this is what in a way I'm building my portfolio. So since I wasn't able to get a design job here, because they pay you like $45,000 a year, Mm -hmm. this is a way for me to like grow as a creative person. Mm -hmm. And then with my fashion jobs, that's also like building background in like business finances of fashion and in a way like those things all work together Mm -hmm. as well as like creating connections in social media networking etc and also like within raving like if you want to sell rave clothes you should probably be in the like in the rave scene you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like uh, they all work together all those things work together so it doesn't seem like a task but yeah uh, balance that's a that is a good question um because (laughs) I don't know. Like, I think I definitely am a go, go, go. And I have moments well where I have like really bad burnout. Mm-hmm. And um, I just need to, I, I give myself like two to three weeks where I'm like, I'm doing nothing these two to three weeks, but like being a human being, like doing the, the job that I have. Sometimes it's hard for me to be happy with just like doing my bare minimum, which like my bare minimum is like going to my nine to five, going to the gym, taking care of myself and my cat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I'm not doing something else, I definitely like I'm tough on myself about it. And I I found something that kind of toxic. So now I like set times like two to three week periods where I'm like, I'm not doing anything but that Mm -hmm. and focusing on just like, just like being with myself and being with my thoughts. So in a way I say like I'm a homebody because I do need periods of time by myself to just like, reflect be inside sit with my thoughts play music draw etc but other than that like the new york lifestyle is really like go 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 and there's something to do and there's always like i probably get a text about doing something daily at least one and then on a weekend like i can it's really nice to have like 10 different choices of things that I can do mm-hmm. um, or people to meet up with. Uh, so in a way, like, yeah, like, so like if you're looking for to expand your social circle, it, it, I would say like put yourself in social settings. Um, for me, it's pretty easy to like talk to strangers. Like literally last night, I like befriended people on the train left and right. I don't know. I was on some crackhead hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but I, everybody's a human being at the end of the day. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, and I think like your vibes attract your tribe. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're coming from a good place, some people might tell you to go fuck yourself. But usually people are receptive if you come in with like good intentions, good vibes, good energy. Um, but it has, has not been easy. I am. My social media is curated uh, to make it look, you know, like to just highlight all the cool or positive things I'm doing like at the end of the day like people follow people because they're entertaining you know Mm -hmm. you're so you might as well put on a show Mm -hmm. um yeah and I would say like uh the hardest thing to balance is probably like mental and emotional stability Mm -hmm. with everything else going on Mm -hmm. the other things are just they're just activities at the end of the day you know like you're I'm exercising my creative part by making clothes, which also counts like working. I like the podcast because mainly it keeps me like in touch with my best friend. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, like that's how I see it. Like once a week, we just like sit down and we chat and I don't have, I haven't been able to put as much time into that as I used to like to have done, but it just, you know, you have to reprioritize with all the shit that you take on Mm -hmm. things just you. Yeah. Things start moving around. And I think um, at the end of the day, that's the sacrifice that 
you do when you take on something, you really have to look at your life and be like, how is this going to fit? And where does it fit? Mm-hmm. Um, getting a cat, that was uh, a rash choice. Bold. I actually, um, <laughs> no, I always wanted a cat and I've lived with cats for like years and mm-hmm. I always had roommates with cats. So that I knew I wanted, I don't know if I needed my own cat, but I was actually, <laughs> um, I was in a situationship mm-hmm. cycle for like two years finally broke that off. But that man that I was in a situationship with, his brother, it was like their office cat. She's like nine years old. Like she was just like, you know, she knows how to be a cat already. So it's not like I'm teaching her to do anything. She just like needs a place to vibe. And I was just like, well, my now roommates like didn't have pets. Um, Why not? And it's been a journey. Like Manya, her name is Manya. I'm like staring Manya. at her right now. She's like staring at me like, I fucking hate you, you stupid bitch. <laughs> no, she's literally like the crankiest cat in the world. Oh my God. Um, she's like a grouchy old lady and she cracks me up. Like honestly, light of my life. I think I am so grateful for her. But it's definitely uh, an adjustment period like that. I guess that's the part they don't tell you about older cats is like she the family that she lived with kind of like abandoned her in a way like their kid was allergic. They had to get rid of her. Mm. Um, So she's definitely got some abandonment issues and she didn't really like come out of hiding for like a few weeks. She to this day, I don't know her full personality. You know what I mean? Like she's Mm -hmm. still getting comfortable. I've had her for like four months um, I'm obsessed with cuddling her. She does not like it. And she will let you know. She hisses. <laughs> she growls like all the time. But like, I feel like that's her love language at this point. Um, yeah. So to hate, so, to, <laughs> to hate me. Yeah. She's like such a bitch. And it's so inspirational. Like she really inspires me to be a bigger bitch. Yeah, okay. for sure. I love that. I would hate to meet her. Um, <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, in regrets to the podcasting, yeah, like po- pandemic podcasts are fun until everyone has to go to work and has like to live a full life. Yeah. Like, that's been like yeah. our hardest thing too was like I was unemployed for so long that it was easy for us to kind of make this work. And now that we both work full time and we both have like stuff, it just makes it a lot harder. And like for you guys – can imagine like I can't imagine if we had to do a thoughtful moment every week like I would probably kill myself like <laughs> it's so helpful that like my science kind of takes it off and then the mm-hmm. am I the asshole doesn't really require us like prepping too much it's just kind of like we find something interesting or like our friends write in and then we just like interpret that um but like that you guys like put in a lot of time to like have a concept to have a talk and like I think that's that's really hard and I kind of wanted to, I wanted to address some of the things that you said. You, Mm -hmm. um, we can go back a little, a lot where you talked about the undocumented thing. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're comfortable talking about that, I remember hearing on your podcast that you got your visa and like, you say that like, you know, you got to be careful because you're undocumented, you don't want to like give too much away. But like, I feel like before that you were still kind of like always out there and stuff like were you, I, I know you were scared, but like, were you more or less, were you more like fearless or like, did you take that scaredness and like turn it into like excitement? Because like, I can't imagine being undocumented and like moving across, like literally across the United States to like a whole new city, a whole new situation where, I mean, I feel like I know a lot about my hometown and I feel like I don't know a lot about here that 
you're kind of entering like a jungle of like who knows what's going on like did you feel some type of like ever fear in your life because it honestly does not seem like that so i was undocumented i moved to the u.s when i was nine Mm -hmm. and then i had like daca and then Mm -hmm. through like a visa process Mm -hmm. it's called like a victim visa um essentially like when a crime is committed to you in the u.s uh you can like petition for the specific visa that in like a period of time you can apply to be a resident Mm -hmm. so the whole process has i mean i've been here 18 years and that took like 11 (laughs) so um yeah so it wasn't easy but i think like i just i i just became really good at like assimilating and like not you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like like growing up like undocumented like yeah you you blend in. Like, I think like a lot of people have called me whitewash and stuff. And it's like, well, I couldn't be too Mexican. And like, now I'm not Mexican enough. Um, and I definitely was way more afraid to speak about it when I was like in, in middle school, high school, high school was the first time I started telling people here and there. And I think like, it was because of DACA, like in a way you were protected, but not really. So mm-hmm. that started kind of like where I started to talk about it with people. But I don't think people really understood like what I was saying to them because mm-hmm. <laughs> like it went above their head, you know. Um, and then in college, I took like a Chicano Latino studies class and I started meeting other um, undocumented people. And I realized like silence really does nothing at the end of the day. Like I was meeting other people who were also undocumented and more people were coming out like in the media, like they were undocumented. There's like an actress, she's Colombian. She was in um, Orange is a New Black. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, wait. I think I vaguely know who you're talking about because it, it was like a shock for everyone that she yeah. was like, yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so she also like came out saying like she also grew up undocumented, and I I think that there's Diana. power, Diana. Diana. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Get it out, get it out, get it out. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh-huh. Um, and I think there's power in sharing your story because then other people feel re- represented, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't like speaking up is yeah, possibly sometimes in a vulnerable position. Obviously, you're meeting people, you don't know how they're gonna take the news, you know. And this was during like peak Trump era, yeah. so it's like. So it's like, I can tell people that I grew up undocumented and like, I'm not a resident, but like, how are people going to take that? How are people going to treat me? Mm-hmm. Most people have compassion. And I think what happens is if you don't put like a face, unfortunately, if you don't yeah. put like a face to an issue, people choose the most unempathetic way to approach an issue. Right. Mm-hmm. So in college, I had a lot of really difficult conversations with people, even like going out and stuff, because I was like, how can you sit here and basically support a person who's like super like anti-immigrant when like that's how I grew up like that Mm -hmm. is me you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and I think like well no no I don't mean you and it's like at the end of the day I realized like unless you're willing to like put yourself out there sometimes people are just gonna overlook it and I think like that's part of the problem is like that fear that goes behind being undocumented uh has kept a lot of people like kind of in the dark about the amount of like undocumented people in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I think that in a way made me feel braver about just like being outspoken about it and then just like um, learning different like social issues and stuff like that. Like building coalition is so important. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, I think like the more that you talk about it and the more that you're able to find places, like, like pain is 
the same for everybody. Every Everybody feels pain. Everybody, not everybody faces discrimination, but like a lot of people face discrimination and that there's like a feeling of embarrassment. There's a feeling of anger. Like that feeling is universal. So I think if you're able to connect with other people based on something that like it's part of your identity that you didn't necessarily like choose, um, you can create community that way. And at the end of the day, like why not? Like I, I'm very passionate about like connecting with people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that that's why I just like started speaking up more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you ever feel like, like, cause you did mention on your podcast before, cause I am a fan. Um, oh. I, you did mention how like, you didn't really also talk Spanish, right? That you were like, like kind of yeah. like uh, against it too. Was that kind of like your way of like trying to protect yourself too of like, like, okay, I'm not, I can't really tell people I'm undocumented. I can't really give away this stuff. So I kind of have to like, not hide your accent, but like quickly, like take the Korean pop English class to where like you do have, you have the American accent down. You don't speak Spanish and you just kind of avoid that. Cause when I was little here, this is really embarrassing. I remember I used to tell everybody I'm not Mexican. I'm from England. Ooh. And that was like, I know it was disgusting. The most Mexican. And that was like the most, that was like, <laughs> uh that was like my narrative which is just like so annoying obviously but like it's just like interesting like how i don't know just kind of conditioned to mm-hmm. to like that stuff western and, culture well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. to yeah. want to fit into that. um anything and everything that yeah. falls under that do you ever feel like that like that was part of it too i mean i think maybe unconsciously the not speaking spanish maybe mm. um i definitely like i wanted to be white like i'm very vocal about the fact that like I did not think I was beautiful growing up because I grew mm. up surrounded by white people. So like who mm. were the, the girls that were getting, mm-hmm. you know, boyfriends, who were the girls yeah. that were, you know, I, like weird petty shit like that. But at the end of the day, like that obviously made me feel a certain way about myself that it's like mm. part of being Mexican is like an issue. And it wasn't at the end of the day, it wasn't, it was just like culturally that is just like the standard of beauty and unless like people challenge it and there's more representation in the media like now I think it's it better that you see people of color at least like in movies and stuff but like when we were growing up it wasn't like that like it was still predominantly like white everything yeah you know so um yeah in a way I I definitely felt different about myself growing up and it, with Spanish I also I just didn't have a lot of Latino friends honestly growing up so yeah. I I it's hard to keep a language that isn't required for you to speak at home. Like my parents never made me speak to them in Spanish. So for Mm -hmm. as long as I can remember after moving here, I started speaking to them in English and only in English. Um, And I tried to make some Latino friends in Washington, but I'm like, now I have a lot of Latino friends and I'm so grateful because I've always wanted it. Mm -hmm. But in Washington, I felt like the Latino community the ones that like I was in when we went to church and everything. Um, it was just like such a weird vibe because it felt like people weren't genuinely happy for your success. So it's like, we call mm. ourselves this community. And if you say something's going good or you have an accomplishment, it was like, it wasn't like a genuine, I'm happy for you. It, it felt like, I think to people, they reacted like if you were taking something from them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than be mm-hmm. like, my upper, like my success is your success. Right. What if the doors get open for me, they get open for my community. It was more of like an envious vibe. Mm-hmm. And I've never liked that. So obviously there's like individual people that were Latino that I hung out with, but within communities, it always felt, 
it always it, it just wasn't my vibe and it's unfortunate but yeah the, the I, I didn't have a lot of latino friends growing up yeah i get it i mean that's how it was in our high school i mean we had like all all the mexicans hung out in the front you know and then you had the arts the jocks and like they had like all their little sections and like that's kind of like we had latino friends but i feel like well i don't know about leslie but i feel like my latino friends didn't really like go out of their way to be like say things that are like specifically like latino you know like let's listen to spanish music let's yeah let's eat tortillas you know what i mean like they were kind of like let's go sonic you know let's listen to lady gaga <laughs> you know like it was like things like that where it's kind of like it didn't really are like we were kind of colorblind i felt colorblind in high school because you know the places i would hang out had latinos in it it was just never like a topic of conversation it was just kind of there you know and um, my parents only spoke spanish but I think I could get away with a lot of Spanglish, which is what yeah. I did a lot just because like, I don't know, my enunciation wasn't really that great and I just get embarrassed and stuff. So that's my experience. I can resonate with the wanting to uh, uphold like these beauty standards when your circle is all you see is like white. And I do think that there is like a pockets of like, People of color, um, I'll talk for like Mexican people because that's like Latinos, Latinx, Mexican people that, yeah, they get very like jaded or envious mm-hmm. and mal de ojo is real. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> so it's like it, I can really, really relate to, you know, you share something with someone and it's like there's not that happiness and it's like, oh, that's weird because then you actually kind of don't know, right? Like if you are talking to someone that, may also be undocumented or just, you know, has a lot of challenges in being able to be as vocal as Betty or myself or, yeah, just seizing the day, they kind of, like, feel like it's a dig at them. Mm. When it's like, bitch, no. Like, when I'm trying to show you is that we can do it. Yeah. Like, unidos, we can. Si like, se puede. And so there is, like, a pocket of people that, in general, I think you have to worry about. But I think it hurts more when it comes from, like, La raza, you know, for sure. When you're like, dude, like we're the majority. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Um, <laughs> yeah. So no, I, 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 I definitely know what you're talking about when you when you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on you balancing yeah. and kind of giving us the rundown of like what you do, like what you balance your nine to five, and then kind of being a very social person, and it, and then curating your Instagram and your socials to it for it to be like what you want it to while still managing your life outside um, social media and the platforms. So I do see that you do post a lot though about how you seize the day and you talked about it, how you just like go on TikTok and say like, I need friends Mm -hmm. or like, Hey, like I'm going to be here, like come through. And I do a hundred percent, thousand percent believe that the vibes you give out, like that you mentioned will be reciprocated. When you show up like with good intentions, that's always going to be like your protection. And so have you found that that works for you pretty consistently? Because you also do that at raves. And you also like seem to just you called yourself a floater, which I think is so cool. Very scary for me. (laughs) But um, I feel that your success is because of that. Like I just feel that the universe does protect you a lot because you genuinely are always like, I'm just going to try my best. And can you confirm that that's true? Like you try your best. So you find yourselves without like a flight 
and then someone flakes and then somehow someone gives you a ride because you posted something about a rave and it was crazy like you had no backup plan and I was like I was like in it I was like oh my god I'm worried for her like someone to help her <laughs> like someone someone, someone tag me when flight like, yeah. someone, <laughs> someone tag me for part two please <laughs> but then it worked out for you and I'm like oh well of course like why was I even concerned to begin sure. with like yeah. I've seen this girl like do like yeah. complete 160 <laughs> from like morning to night I think that's funny because my roommate yesterday said like the you I don't know she was just talking about something and then she was like the universe loves you like you're it always works out and I think that I don't know like the universe loves me in that way but I've had my ups and downs with connecting with people, specifically when I first moved to New York. Like, I was more naive. I think, like, in Seattle, people are, like, pretty mellow. Mm -hmm. And, like, everybody's, like, more passive-aggressive. No one's, like – no one will outrightly be, like, super rude to you. Or, like – I had never been, like, lied to in a relationship or, like, had a shady group of people that I associated myself with. Like, none of those things. Um, And when I moved to New York, obviously, like, I was looking for friends kind of everywhere and anywhere – And I got involved with like this guy, he ended up like lying to me, all the people associated with him also cheaters, like, just like vile human beings. And I think Mm -hmm. that actually like broke my spirit about like meeting people. Mm -hmm. So for like a few months, I didn't like, I, I, no new friends, like I was very closed off to the world. I think I even deactivated my Instagram for a little bit. Like I just needed like a little reset because my spirit was like so broken about like, I love people and how can people treat other people like this? Um, but you know, a a bitch healed Uh and, um, (laughs) you like, you can't, I think you can't go into situations expecting the worst from people. I think that I needed to learn that lesson to just be a little more cautious Mm -hmm. and observant about people's intentions, because at the end of the day, like sometimes being my friend looks really fun. And then, and, so that's something that I've noticed with like the social media, like be my friend and here's my fun ass life. You attract mm-hmm. people that want a fun ass life that want to get access to certain things that you have access to. Mm-hmm. So you just have to really look out for people's intentions. And I think that just comes with consistency and people's characters. Right. So I sometimes like take a little bit more of like a backseat regarding like, I don't force anything. I think if somebody's going to be in your life and is genuine, then they're going to show up and they're, they're kind of going to prove who they are to you. So you just have to be observant about who those people are. Don't take them for granted. Like if there's people coming back into your life and obviously like asking you how you are showing genuine care, like those are your true friends. Everybody else is an acquaintance at the end of the day. Um, but you, you can still connect with other people in that way. Um, I think the original question was, the like how do I do it so flawlessly mm-hmm. but yeah I'm very open to like having a conversation with pretty much anybody I you know people are just people so like you can connect with anybody on like a human level about anything yeah I guess that's hard because like you probably just don't think about it like it's probably so like innate in you that you just do it and I wonder if just some people like think about it too much before they even get to the to the talk right like you're yeah you're um, yourself because you before- mentioned like you made friends last night in the train and it's like <laughs> isn't that the worst place to like be talking to people like i never talked like, to like, anyone yeah. sitting next to me like so you were like you just pulled up and it's like crazy night am i right guys yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no literally this train was full and like the girl next to me her shoe was like half broken and i had nail glue and i was like let's fix your shoe and then oh, the other wow. the man next to me he was like rolling a joint 
Puerto Rican dude and he was like blasting Ooh. music and I was like you got any like Latino cuts in there because like if we're all gonna have to listen to your beats like I might as well be something I like and yeah so like I don't know like you just yeah yeah I think I think like part of being confident and speaking to other people is like you just have to be so secure on like in yourself and like getting rejected right so at the end of the day I go mm. into a lot of places where like yeah rejection is possible but like I'm totally okay with being by myself in any situation like if I'm alone like I used to go out by myself when I first moved to New York so if I'm put in a situation where I don't like the vibe or I don't like the people I'm with I'll just go hang out with myself <laughs> like mm. and I think if you're really secure in who you are nothing can necessarily hurt you because at the end of the day like if it's gone it wasn't meant for you like yeah. you're, if you're solid alone I think like I don't know like I guess that's where like the fearless aspect comes from like I'm just mm. I know who I am I know that like I'm dope <laughs> like and I'm a good person yeah. Yeah. and like, so yeah if you don't want to be a friend like that's your loss Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you'd really enjoy your presence. So what's that quote that was like, you know, it like your absence won't really affect me because you're so good with your own presence and your own solitude that it's like you're going to be fine whether you're mm-hmm. with people or not. No, we. I mean, I definitely get that from you. Um, I think you've definitely mastered the confidence thing. For um, sure. Knowing that you can just go out and about and that you're just really okay with like who you are. You know what you bring to the table. Um I think you do a really good job of um, uh, presenting that, but also just coming across, right? Like, I mean, we're doing a podcast, but we can kind of like see you in a different light. That's not your social media. Yeah. Um, that still kind of aligns like, yeah, this is the same girl that whether she's cre- curating a social media presence, like, yeah, I'm sure this girl, yeah, will get into <laughs> her because she's really nice and she probably annoys knows the guy yeah at some point in the train yeah that was the pretty <laughs> yeah. um no i love that for you i i, I think your prim- your friends probably learn a lot from you and vice versa and um i enjoy just talking to people who are like so full of life and like so like mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it yeah. and it's like yes you are and so am i okay like, yeah. you should, you should. Yeah. And if, yeah and if someone is mean to you like they're an asshole and they probably like do not love themselves like that right. you know yeah. what i mean like it, it's mm-hmm. cool it's cool and, and not everybody's gonna react well yeah. at the end of the day not yeah. everyone's gonna want to be your friend um but it it's cool to just try you never know who you're gonna meet you never know like that could be your best friend sitting next to you on the train and you, you just miss an opportunity you know yeah yeah, yeah. And I, you've mentioned that like a lot about how you went about originally like on TikTok and found some like really genuine people mm-hmm. um, and like also the raves that you go to, um, which I really don't know how you, your joints at this point <laughs> aren't what fish oil, like Dust. what vitamins are you taking, uh, which I think is <laughs> it's insane. I love that for you. I know that you wanted to say something. I did. Because what I wanted to also <clears throat> touch on really, really quickly mm-hmm. um because we know New York has probably opened your mind a bit. You've yeah. probably experimented <laughs> with food, with clubs, with vibes, clothing. Vaginas. And I'm thinking that's also with people because yeah. they told yeah. me something very interesting. Yeah, and then yeah. this will be kind of our wrap-up. Uh, okay. But, like, <laughs> you said on your podcast, listen, and I swear to God, dude, I literally want it because I listen to you guys while I'm, like, gaming because one of the games that I play is, like, passive, so I don't really like to listen to whatever that's going on there. So I'll put you on. And you were like, 
I went out on a date with some girl and like I thought that it was a date. She didn't think it was a date. You ended up talking about boys and then you were like, girl, aren't you trying to see that I'm trying to get at you? Did I misread that? No. Or when are you gay? Because let me tell you, when this Jennifer's body, you guys need to go listen to her. Listen Jennifer's to her. body. <laughs> yeah. Both of them. Bennett and Ellie both were like, say, fuck no, we don't. Absolutely never yeah. in our lives. Yeah. But you know what? Like Bennett, LGBT I, who? No, I will defend <laughs> where she's like, you never know what could happen. Yeah. This is the vibe she's always given us. She For chooses sure. the date. <laughs> but you know, dreams are made in New York. So can you mention that briefly if you're comfortable? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And is it also just because you just had so many terrible interactions with guys that you're like, <laughs> I mean, men are But let me tell you something. Girls are. They're not all well, of them. No, it's not let better. Her speak. Let her speak. Let her speak. <laughs> it's not better. Um, I mean, okay. So in the one we had with the Jennifer's body, yeah. Um, I think I had had like an experience with a girl that just yes. like wasn't super pleasant, and I think like maybe it was more that specific experience mm-hmm. um, regarding just like like ho- hooking up with women. Um, but I don't know, like over time, I just realized like there are certain people I'm drawn to, like mm-hmm. gender's not really like a, like mm-hmm. a factor in it. Mm-hmm. So I, I call myself like pan. Okay. Um, okay. She's a pan. Yeah. I, I don't know, like some people I'm just gravitated to. And I think like, I grew up like, like with the norm, like I like boys. So it was Mm -hmm. like a place of privilege. I didn't really have to question it. And I had a lot of other fucking shit I needed to like worry about, think about, you know? So I just don't think it was anything I necessarily was. I didn't even date. Like I didn't have a boyfriend until I was like 20. I was super awkward with people and I didn't know how to share my feelings. So I mean, me either liking girls or boys, like it really wasn't giving anything at any point in time until I broke off like my four and a half year relationship was was my first relationship. And then I was like, well, maybe there's more, you know what I mean? Like they're like, I'm gravitating to this girl. Mm -hmm. Is it like, could I see myself like getting like sexually involved or romantically involved? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's something I have explored uh, more recent. So with girls, it's a little, I think it's a little bit different because girls love touchy, all that gay shit. Is it like that you're just looking for like another feminine energy and relationship? Because like, I don't, I see you post like with like some guy a lot. And I know like, I know girls, they love their gay boys, but like, do you just crave that woman intimacy instead of like an actual sexual relationship with them? Or is it like, you feel like you need more, more girls in your life? No, I have a lot of yeah. Like, have you not seen her? Have you not? Are you a fan or what? Um, <laughs> no, I I honestly love that. I I can see why Jay's asking that question, but in your case, I personally I don't think it applies because you are very much like a mosh posh that I've seen of like you will befriend anyone. You yeah. kind of give everyone a chance, right? You mentioned it. You're like yeah. you talk to anyone, but I think this exploring and and kind of figuring out more so who you're attracted to regardless of gender is like it's opening up just a lot of opportunities possibilities because now you yeah. know gender's not really like we don't you know we we don't see what is it we don't see no color we don't see no gender, <laughs> we don't see no gender. <laughs> so i love that for you i think that's great i um yeah jay had told me that i didn't listen to that episode so i was like wait wait a minute this is the same girl that said <sighs> that she could never 
Um, yeah, and it wasn't a recent one. I feel like it was like kind of like an older one. I don't remember the yeah. name of it, but yeah, that's what I was just yeah. like. No, I, I did say that. I mean, it's very uh, like with my friends, there's really only two ways. Like I'm either uh, like sexually attracted to you or you're my homie. Like I do not, if you're my homie and like I care about you, I do not find you attractive in that way. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't blur those lines really mm-hmm. ever. Um, so it really has to be like specific people and I'm pretty intense. So like when I like you, I like you. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard. It, yeah. There's a real big difference and I'm touchy with everybody. Like mm-hmm. I have best friends who like, we don't touch, but I have other friends who like play with my hair and stuff like that. And even with like some of my guy friends, like we have clear boundaries, but like, yeah, like I'll hug them or like, you know, stuff like that. Like I am a touchy feely person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah. hot. That's it's because you're, you're, you're a Scorpio. We know it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Leo. I get the Scorpio vibe. You know, I'm compatible with Scorpios. I'm compatible with Aquariuses. Like, it's because they're all touchy. Da, da, da. Well, listen, I think that's great. I love that for you. Everyone knows that everyone's a little gay. Call it, what you want. Call it what you want to. Yeah. You know, it's, on a, it's fluid. It doesn't have to be anything. I think it's great. I think it's cool. I love when people just, like, realize, like, listen, that was the norm because that's all I saw. Mm-hmm. But actually, like the opposite sex is whatever cool mm-hmm. or it's like you know i could see myself romantically just kissing someone that isn't the standard person that i've kissed the last 20 years or whatever yeah i mean technically I i'm pan too <laughs> i am don't even oh okay, so okay. <laughs> so now i'm not but also now um but yeah i think it's a cool it'll be fun girls are really fun it's really hard uh to tell if there's like the vibes or not yeah. and i think what jay mentions is that you're like a pretty like you know, straight presenting girl. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's probably a lot harder, you know? Yeah. Like another girl sees <laughs> you and they're like, oh, she is really pretty, but you automatically put someone in a category of like, that girl's going to be straight, like never in a million years. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it has happened, but like, it's a valid call out. Like the, going back a little bit to like what you said, like, oh, she's having issues with guys and so now she's dating girls. I think that's totally like a valid thing to call out overall. Um, I... I had to question myself with the same thing. I was like, am I going for women because men are disgusting? Um, no, no, I, I don't think so. Because it, it really isn't like it's happened more organically, like with in period. Like I haven't necessarily been like seeking like a relationship per se, because I've been like so jaded in like the past year. So like whoever I find like attractive and I find a connection with, I have explored. It hasn't Mm -hmm. been specifically like I'm going to go for girls. Also, like I will say dating in New York is really expensive. So like Mm -hmm. having a girlfriend would be really expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, It wouldn't be uh, it'd be easier to have a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So I definitely wouldn't like at least in my experience, like it's not just girls because men are men, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's, well, <laughs> there's yeah. more to it. We love well, that. I, I respect you, Benisa. And I was just kind of, I, I was just joking, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was just like, I just thought that that was really funny and I wanted to bring it up, but I really, we really enjoyed talking with you. It was so short, too short for my liking, but this is life, you know? I know. I know. But you're going to come visit yeah. me. I have a spare bedroom yeah. waiting oh, for you. Wow. Don't say that. Okay. Don't say that. <laughs> We love it. Continue to enjoy your season, Scorpio season. We know it was just your birthday. I know. And also, I commented on your post saying "Happy Birthday to Virgo." I meant to put Scorpio. I'm sorry. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get it. Um, 
I'm a Virgo rising, so it's valid. <laughs> it's like, listen, it's fine. I'll take but, it. Um, thank you so much for making the time, chatting with us. Um, Jay will hit you up when he's in New York, and yeah, keep doing your thing. We love to see it. You have you have fans in California, and we support you. And we have friends in California as well. So thank you so bye. much, Jay. Bye. bye. bye.